switch gears a little bit and we're going to talk about longevity. And this topic came about because it's something that Mark has been really into lately. And he's open about his age. He's in his mid to late 60s. And so he is in that age of life where you want to see your grandkids grow and you want to live as long as you can. So Mm -hmm. I'll let you tell more about this, about how and why you got into this. Well, I think that we're living longer as a as a species, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot because of healthcare. For a lot of people, it's because of nutrition and things like that. And so given that we're living longer, I think what I got interested in was how do you how do you live longer and have a really productive or happy life. So because a lot of it is how you feel physically, this is how it ties into mental health. You know, there's such a strong connection between our mind, our brain and our body. And so they're all connected. And so if we're living longer, well, if you know what happened, it's sad because a lot of people get dementia or uh, Alzheimer's. And I was just talking to a client today whose mother is really in late stage Alzheimer's. And it's so sad because they're still alive, but yet they're gone. And he thinks of her as, you know, being deceased already just because she, she is not there cognitively at all. So if we live longer, then part of longevity is how do you stay healthy, but not, not just healthy in your body, how do you stay healthy in your brain? Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons that I got interested in it. I think I wanted to have a healthy brain as I got older. And so longevity, there's a lot, there's really a lot of people doing a lot of good research on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we're going to do tonight is just talk about some of the things that people can do. Mostly I'm going to give some references so that if our listeners are interested, they I'll tell them where to go to get more information. Now, a lot of this information, it's really, I'd say, dense is the word I would use because they're talking about biology mm-hmm. and biology is fairly complicated. And so the things that I we're going to talk about tonight, I try and simplify them. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably from my own brain, but realize that this stuff is incredibly complicated. And there are a lot of really smart people out there who really understand that. And so those are the people that I've listened to. And I'll give you the the names later on for our listeners. But I think when you think about longevity, there are different factors that play into it. And certainly genetics is one, and then the environment in which you live, and then lifestyle. And, And all three are equally important. And we'll talk a little bit about all of them. So that's how I got interested. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I think they're all important, but I think genetics is probably one of the biggest factors, or it's at least it's the one you have the least amount of control over because you can't help it if you, I mean, because for me thinking about my own longevity, I don't know that I have a chance because, and maybe I do, I don't know, because my grandma had early onset Alzheimer's and Mm -hmm. by the time she was, I think in her like sixties or seventies. Yeah. I think by the time she was in her sixties, she had full blown Alzheimer's. Now I think her environment and her lifestyle probably was a factor in that. She definitely didn't live a healthy lifestyle, Mm -hmm. but you know, we know that there is a genetic component to Alzheimer's. There's also a genetic component to things like cancer and you know, all of those kinds of things that, I mean, sometimes the odds just aren't in your favor. Right. And so I think there's a genetic marker even for 
dementia or Alzheimer's that they can test for. But the thing that's that's changing and that I, I really want to convey to our listeners is that the environment and your lifestyle have a huge impact and can actually change the expression of those genes. Yeah. And so just because you have the genes does not necessarily, the, the markers for it mm-hmm. does not necessarily mean that that's going to happen. And so you can, what you eat, how you exercise, where you live, what the pollution is like, all of those things and, and a lot more factor into it. And so I think we have more control. I think what we're finding out is we have more control over our destiny than we thought. Okay. That we do not just have to be, you know, constrained by our genetic makeup anymore. Right. Right. So we give a lot of caveats in this. And so as I was reading through this, we're going to we're going to give suggestions. And I think that, you know, any one of these suggestions, again, they're just suggestions or they're things that people know work. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do all of these. Right. Right. And so one of the because one of the things that you sent me was about religion and how mm-hmm. you need to about how religion can actually increase your lifespan. And I mean, clearly, I mean, and Mark, you're open about the fact that I mean, you're an atheist. And so right. again, I think you still have just as good a shot at longevity as anyone else. Well, here's here's what that is. And what I sent you with there are, I think, throughout the world, they call them blue zones. And I think yes. there are five of them. Okay, if you look at the map. And so there are certain qualities that are common throughout these blue zones. And one of them happened to be, I think it said it was like a weekly attendance at some sort of religious service. Mm-hmm. Now, what what I think that means, and this comes off of the study that I think I've uh, mentioned before, that I think there may be a component of a spiritual belief, but it's really about community. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about, uh, so mental health-wise, in these communities where... Uh, the, the blue zones where the people often live uh, to 100 or more. That's mm-hmm. what I think that's the designation of what makes it a blue zone. They have this strong sense of community. Now, I think it, where a lot of people get that is in a religious setting, which makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense to me because it's easy to do. You have people with like-minded goals. You yep. have, kind of have the same values. And so just to have that setting be so positive makes a lot of sense to me. Right. I I think that it's more what we're finding. It's more the strength and the quality of uh, the relationships you have. Mm-hmm. And typically, I think in a religious setting, those tend to be pretty good. Usually, I certainly see where they aren't that good, but I think by and large, they they're really good. You know, and as someone who's been pretty devoutly religious her entire life, I can say that, yeah, I have a lot of really positive relationships. And, you know, in my religion, personally, it's influenced almost everything about my life. And, you know, and I'm pretty happy with that, too. But I think that it's important for people to know and understand that you can get that outside of a religion. I think it's more about belief. And that's one of the things that you sent in this outliner and these topics that you wanted to discuss is that it comes down to a purpose. Right. And right. You, you need to have yes. a purpose and you can find that in all sorts of ways. I know you take great purpose in your kids, particularly in your and grandkids. My grandkids. Yeah, my kids mm-hmm. and my grandkids. That's right. Yeah. I think what you often get in religious communities is that support. 
Yes. And I think a lot of churches, maybe not all of them, but a lot of churches do that really well. And so as you think about aging, so for instance, if you, let's say you age and you're, you've been married for 70 years and your partner dies, then you want to be able to have support around you, right? You, the people come in and, uh, and what if you don't have extended family? And so often that religious community is where you get that support at times when you need it. Mm-hmm. So it makes a lot of sense to me, you know, the those different qualities that come from uh, those blue zones. Uh, the other yeah. thing that I don't know if I put in here the in the blue zones is, and, and this comes from the one that's in Italy. I think it's in Sardinia. Mm-hmm. And when they were interviewing people, the older people, there is this respect that they have for people who are uh, older. Okay. And often in cultures, I don't know that I feel that in our culture. I mean, I hear a lot of people talking about it that, you know, we don't value people as they age. And I think there are some cultures where they do, they are valued Mm -hmm. as you age and you're seen as someone who's had a lot of life experience and who has wisdom, things like that. But while we're talking about the blue zones, so it's purpose, it's uh, the, here's the common theme in all the people that I listen to is uh, exercise or moving your body. Yeah. The way they describe it in these blue zones is that they move naturally. And what that means is that these mostly it means they're walking. Uh, okay. And so like in Sardinia, it's a, it's a very hilly place. And the, I remember listening to this man talk about it and, you know, he's walking up and down these hills and he's, you know, over a hundred years old and, but he's been doing it all his life. So that's going to be a common theme in all of these people is you've got to be able to move your body and exercise. Mm-hmm. And these blue zones, they do it uh, naturally. Okay. I mean, if anyone, you know, is considering longevity, get into biking. I mean, there, oh, are, so, yeah. there are so many great benefits to biking. I mean, because it's great cardio and I mean, it's low impact on your joints. I'm a little biased because I'm a pretty big cycling enthusiast, but you know, I mean, there's just, there's so many, so many great benefits to it. And it's something, I mean, I've seen people in their eighties out there still biking. Oh, I had a client. Yeah. I had a client who was in his eighties who that's what he did. He got out Mm -hmm. on his bike. Yeah. I think one of the other things that I want to mention in the, the blue zones that really stood out to me, they put loved ones first. Family yes. comes first. And I think that's really important because we get all those things. We get really deep connections. We get support. There are all these positives. People who end up living alone typically, you know, are, are isolated, typically don't live very long. Mm-hmm. And so one of those uh, important factors to longevity is having family and support and group around you. So I'm curious about becoming a widow or a widower and what that can do to your longevity. So, you know, I mean, losing your spouse and, you know, that's not to say that you can't remarry and be happy, but I mean, you know, that has to, losing your spouse has to affect your longevity to some extent, right? I don't know that it does. It depends on if you isolate. Okay. Yeah. And so it's all like, do you have a support network? Do you have a tribe is what they call it, or, you know, community is probably a better word. Do you have a community? Now, your extended family may not live around you, 
But what we do know, like, so I have a, a brother who's I don't know, 10 years older than I am and his wife, well, she's been dead for, she died of breast cancer. And so he lives with his oldest daughter. Okay. And we do know that there are incredibly positive benefits and do it. Well, you have that. You, yes. You, oh yeah. You with your father-in-law mm-hmm. um, living with you. And I think you have talked about it as being a generally positive experience. It and, really is. Right. And so, but if we talk about it from his perspective, I would guess it's a very positive experience because it gives him meaning. I think you've talked about, I don't know if on air, but you've talked about how he loves to be with your grandkids, your, your kids. And yeah. And I just think there are a huge number of benefits. And I know there can be some drawbacks, but it also, it, to me, it speaks to the importance of maintaining good and healthy family relationships throughout mm-hmm. the lifespan. So that when you get to that point, you don't have to go through some big repair process or that you aren't isolated and you aren't alone. Yeah. So I understand that a lot of people don't have that particular family dynamic. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I think you can also get that support in that community other places. Right. And, and, you know, if there's been a rift in the family for whatever reason, I think you can find it somewhere else. The importance is connection. It's connection. Yes. And if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense to me because, I mean, connection and people, they give us a reason to live. Mm-hmm. And so it gives you a reason to keep fighting. Right. And so backtracking really quick, I think one of the reasons that it has worked out so well to have my father-in-law living with us is we both think that the other is getting the better deal Uh out of it. So, I mean, he's so grateful to have a place to live that he does a lot for us. And we're so grateful that he does so much for us that we're happy to give him a place to live. And Uh so it's this really great cycle that we're in of just, I think, gratitude and, you know, mutual respect and and mutual benefit. And I think that ties in quite nicely with what we're talking about tonight is, you know, I mean, we get a lot of benefits from relationships. Yes. And so we do. And it it keeps your mind active. And so one of the the other things that stands out, because we were talking about Alzheimer's or dementia, and that if you keep your brain active, yes, then that really is a protective factor. And for instance, I think I've mentioned this before. Every day I do, there's a program called Duolingo, which I mm-hmm. love Duolingo. Okay. Yeah. Some of our listeners may do, but I, so I do French lessons and Spanish lessons. And so I switch back and forth, which can be challenging because they're really close together. But uh, so we do that. The other thing I've heard is like number puzzles. Music is really good. Mm-hmm. Dancing is so dancing is positive because it incorporates. You have to learn those steps. Which yep, I did this when both my daughters got married. I we took dance classes because I wanted to do the. You know, we had a band and at the weddings and wanted to do the first dance, and it was tough. And so you combine music and then trying to remember these specific steps. And that is really good for your brain. Yeah. Good for your brain. Curtis's grandma did that. I mean, she danced for years. I mean, and the woman's 93 years old and they, I think they made her stop. (laughs) They told her she had to stop. I mean, because it wasn't healthy for her anymore. But yeah, I mean, you know, it goes back to that exercising and that kind of natural Mm -hmm. movement. And I think you Mm -hmm. get that from dancing. And, you know, 
I think puzzles are a really great way to keep your mind active, but also mm -hmm. just never stop learning. Yes. Yeah, that's it. And there are so many ways to to learn throughout the lifespan. Mm -hmm. But I'm I sure about my own father, and um, I mean, he died fairly. He died early sixties of uh, cancer. But after he retired, it was always sad to me because about the only thing he did is he'd sit at the kitchen table and he'd play solitaire. Oh, and he just thought, and I felt really sad to see yeah. that happen. And so I think that you know, as we were talking about family connections. I think what it does is it keeps your mind active. Yeah. And I think one of the worst things you can do, and you know, I've talked about, I have a bias against uh, watching too much TV, but I think one of the worst things you can do is plop yourself in front of a TV, which is a lot of retired people do because it's kind of mind numbing. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily mind expanding. And so really the key to protective factors for any type of uh, dementia or Alzheimer's is to keep your mind active every single day. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And so, and I mean, there's so many ways that you can do that. I mean, Mark, I imagine you are ever learning stuff in your field. Well, and I like that and that's true. So I, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm going to continue doing because I have an interest in it. Yeah. And I think I, I don't know if I've said this to our listeners, but I've decided that I'm not really going to retire. I'm going to stay active. I may not work as much as I do now, but I don't see any reason to quit working entirely. And so it goes back to what you said earlier, having a purpose. Yeah. Life is really important. I mean, there are all these factors that uh, key into, you know, longevity, but having a purpose, that's the mental health aspect of it too, is we keep, we stay active, we stay focused at times and it's really important. So one of the things I do want to talk about is the, what do you do as far as lifestyle habits? Yes. Because that's one of the things that you can control. And so what is clear to me and all these people I'm listening to is that there are certain things that we should do and certain things we shouldn't do. Now, I'm before I start talking about alcohol, I want to make a, a statement. I am, I, I don't think I'm have a moral issue with it. You know, if people drink, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But what is what is becoming clear is that alcohol is damaging to your brain, mm -hmm. and so if you want to maintain a healthy brain. I'll make a general a kind of a sweeping statement. I think you can you should consider not drinking. Okay. Now, where that runs into trouble, there's some evidence that people who drink red wine, because of there's a component in red wine called resveratrol, and it's one of those uh, things that compounds that has been found to really be important in longevity. And so, if you were to look at say Sardinia again in Italy. I'm guessing those people who are over 100 are drinking red wine every day. Okay, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. Hi there, my name is Maya Acosta and I'm the host of the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions podcast where I explore ways that we can optimize our health. I learned about the field of lifestyle medicine, which uses evidence-based approaches to prevent, halt, and in even some cases, reverse disease. These are lifestyle modalities, such as using certain foods as medicine, using exercise to reverse disease, managing our stress, and even getting adequate sleep. 
Join me and the amazing people that I get to talk to as I set out to learn how taking better care of ourselves can help us both improve the quality of life and enhance our longevity. Let's get started. Now, I'm curious, though, is there something, is there another, there's got to be another source of it, though. So I take resveratrol every day, kind of heavy doses. I take enough resveratrol because you can buy it okay. in pill form. I take enough every day, that probably like 50 bottles of wine. Because <laughs> um, as, as far as the research goes, you could not consume as, as much resveratrol as they're saying you should by drinking wine. It'd just be too much. The yeah. thing, so in these cultures, like the French do it, the French and, you know, their, their adolescents start drinking red wine fairly early on. They're thinking that if you don't overdo it, okay. if you're having one or two glasses, say of red wine a, a day for the lifespan, then you're getting this huge benefit from the resveratrol. So I think there's an important distinction here is that they're not drinking to get drunk. Right. And I think that's a big, important factor because in a lot of places, throughout the world and certainly in America, it's socially acceptable to drink, yeah. right? I mean, and yeah. it, in social circles, it's very common, especially in, in celebratory circumstances, mm -hmm. right. right? And so, I mean, you know, I think if you are smart in your alcohol consumption, I don't think that having a few glasses of wine or having some champagne yeah. every now and then, I don't think it's going to take years off your life, right? No. But if you are drinking excessively, it is going to. Right. And I can't remember if I've mentioned this before. So I've mentioned Andrew Uberman, who does a podcast, and he's a, a neuroscientist uh, out of Stanford. He, In one of his episodes, he deals with the effects of alcohol in the brain. And it goes on probably for an hour and a half or two hours. Mm -hmm. If you listen to the first 15 minutes, at least for me, I would think, why would anyone ever drink again after listening okay. to what that? Because all he's doing, and I would guess he drink. Well, actually, I think he says he stopped drinking alcohol, but I think it, just the negative effect, he's just giving the science, the, the science behind mm -hmm. it. What is alcohol? What does it do to your brain? And so I would suggest that people listen to that. Now, this it was only about two weeks ago, whatever health authority they have in Canada, I mean, I don't know what they call it, came out with a recommendation. And the recommendation ended up being, they were kind of going two ways about it. As far as alcohol they're saying, I think it was like two drinks a week. Their suggested though was no alcohol. Mm -hmm. They were saying none, but they said, okay, if you're going to drink, you know, keep it to, you know, two drinks a week. And so the evidence is becoming more clear that there are negative effects on your brain. Yeah. And I think if we're talking about longevity and you want to, you know, make it less likely that you're going to have dementia or Alzheimer's, I would really look at the alcohol consumption. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly cigarettes. I mean, most people don't need to be told much more than don't smoke because it's mm -hmm. just so negative on your health. It really ages you. So those type of lifestyles. Uh, and then what we eat yes. it is, it makes a huge difference. And, you know, without getting into a lot of detail, it's really about decreasing or eliminating processed foods mm -hmm. and eating whole foods is mostly what it is. Now, one of the other things that comes out of the blue zones is really a, they focus more on plants 
And yeah. it doesn't have to be. I mean, they're going to eat some meats. And and so eating, I'm, I'm not saying be a vegetarian because I think there's some evidence that says it's not that healthy for you. You need some protein, mm-hmm. um, some plant, uh, animal protein, like okay. fish protein. But the focus in, in all these people I listen to is really more plant-based. Mm-hmm. And I don't think these people are vegetarian. They're just saying we don't, we do not have enough focus, uh, at least in our culture on plants, plants and nuts, things like that, whole foods, whole wheat, mm-hmm. um, whole grains, things like that. So what we consume makes a huge difference. I think this might be a good time to maybe talk about the food pyramid or rather oh. the lack oh. of the food pyramid now and how it's gone away. And so, you know, I mean, when the food pyramid came out, they pushed grains, 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 which really is just straight carbs. And yeah, our bodies love carbs, but, you know, now here we have this obesity epidemic that's going on in our country. And a lot of it is, is because we pushed those grains and I mean, grains can be good for you, but if all you're eating is carbs, you're going to run into some problems. Well, and here's the problem. So here are some other things that stand out. In longevity, you want to really regulate your blood sugar levels. Yes. And carbs tend to pop your blood sugar levels up. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is cholesterol, which is really more, but now there's a genetic component to high cholesterol, but often it's uh, associated with red meat. Although I think some of the things I've listened to uh, lately is that it's really more dependent on genetics than anything. Okay. But so... I, I think this is something I neglected to say at the start. You're going to find all these different ideas. And so yeah. if you're, what you have to do is figure out what works for you, which is yeah. kind of what I've done. And so there are some things that the research shows are really important physically for longevity, some supplements. Now, one is metformin, and I find this okay. kind of across the board. And metformin is a drug that pretty benign, but it's used uh, for diabetics or Mm pre-diabetics. And what it does is it's based, it's from a plant. I can't remember what the plant is, but it controls your blood sugar level. And so people are fine. So, but that's also done by what you eat. So decreasing sugar and things like that. But so a lot of people are advocating, a lot of these researchers are advocating People take metformin even if they aren't uh, Hmm. diabetic because there's no side effects to it typically. Interesting. So I looked this up just now. And Mm -hmm. the reason being is because I was curious is because metformin, I I mean, I'm familiar with this drug because my husband, Curtis, was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes very, very young. And a lot of it has to do with genetics. And the other part, too, is a lack of knowledge. And that's a lot of what we do on this podcast. And so I think that people don't understand that carbs turn to sugar in your bloodstream. And so Curtis went his whole life not even thinking about it because he's like, I don't have a sweet tooth. I don't need a lot of sugar. But it turns out that he was because he loves his carbs. He loves his potato chips and he loves his rolls, right? And he loves bread and all of those things. And he would overindulge in them, not realizing that he was basically just eating a bunch of sugar. And so I looked up what plant metformin is derived from, and it's French lilac. And so the history, and I don't have have a great memory. I should have a better memory Mm -hmm. for all I'm trying to do. But my recollection is that it's been used for a long time to control blood sugar because of that plant. The other one is cholesterol. and, And in fact, I got this from my own internist. 
because he doesn't he didn't qualify say to take a a statin so there's such things as statin which um, help with our cholesterol but a lot of people are advocating everyone to be on statins because the evidence is really clear that it increases your lifespan i think it's something like 15 years Mm -hmm. just by being on a statin and there are how many of them are there i think there are three or four of them at least the first one I tried, I was I had a negative reaction to, which is common. There are several, and so you just try another one. And I've been on a statin for well, I don't know quite a few years, many years. Yeah. So those two things: controlling your cholesterol, controlling your blood sugar level. There's also a brand new medication that's out there called semaglutide, and it's quite pricey right now. But a lot of people have a lot of hope for that, and it's the same thing. It's about blood sugar levels. Okay. Yeah. And so doing those things and then taking supplements. So I take resveratrol every day. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things, fish oil, vitamin D is also one of those things that we, uh, most of us, because we use sunscreen, which we should, we aren't in the sun as much as maybe we used to be, have vitamin D deficiencies. And that can, that can affect a lot of things. I mean, there's, there's some, back in the early days of COVID, there was some speculation that people who were higher in vitamin D had better immune systems. I don't know if they ever followed that up, but yeah. I also know that as far as uh, mental health issues, uh, like depression, mm-hmm. uh, lack of vitamin D is, I think, most likely a factor. You know, we've only touched on a few of these things. and I think we're running yeah. out of time, aren't we? Mm-hmm. So let me give some names. Yes, and I and I'll send these to you. And you uh, you could put them in the program notes. Mm-hmm. So David Sinclair, he is out of uh, Harvard Medical School. He's a PhD, and he that's his focus of his research mm-hmm. is longevity. And he has his own podcast called Lifespan, mm-hmm. and really interesting. I've listened to all of those episodes. Uh, David Sinclair, if you Google his name, you will find lots of different podcasts where he's talking to different people like Andrew Huberman, Rich Roll. Um, there are all these people who, who are have uh, well-established podcasts that he's talking with. So he's a good one to listen to. There's an MD. His name is Peter Atia, A-T-T-I-A. And he is a practicing physician, has a, a clinic in Austin. But he's also into this, you know, as far as longevity, what we can do for longevity, strength training. I didn't mention that strength training yep. as we age is really critical. And so, you know, the aerobics plus the strength training is staying active. So those are two of the people that I think you can get started. And, you know, if you have more interest, they're going to talk about the supplements that they use, the things that they think are important. The consistent themes, though, are exercise, keep your brain active, and keep your mind active, and then what you eat is Mm -hmm. really critical, those three things. And then the fourth one, relationships. Yes. You know, we've talked about that a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, we talk about relationships till the cows come home, you know, right? right. Like, that's that's our favorite topic. Critical Critical for longevity. Yeah. And, you know, and that makes a lot of sense because relationships really do make us happy and we're social creatures and we genuinely need that social interaction. Now, there is one thing that we didn't touch on that I want to bring up right before we end and sleep is very important. Yeah. Sleep. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yes. You have to figure out your sleep. 
and yeah. uh, Andrew Uberman. So there's a, let's see, his name's Matthew Walker. Mm-hmm. So if people want to learn more about sleep, he's a sleep he he deals in sleep out of UC Berkeley. So he's a really good one to uh, to listen to if you're having trouble sleeping. But yes, sleep is critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the idea of all of this is it's not just about living as long as you can, but it's about living healthy, right? Living it's your about, best life. Yeah. Yeah. I talked earlier about Curtis's grandma and, you know, she's 92 years old. And I remember being young and thinking, man, I want to live to be over a hundred. And, you know, then I talk to people who are that old and I'm like, I don't know if I want that. Right. And so, and a lot of it is, is because they, it almost seems like they're trapped, right? Because I mean, yeah, they're, they've lived this ripe old age, but they don't do much. They can't do much and they feel so limited and they feel more like they're a burden. And so, you know, that's, I guess what this is about is it's not Mm -hmm. just about the number. It's about the quality of your life as well. Right. But the time to start working on this is when you're 20 and 30 and 40. And if you wait till you're 50 or 60, kind of like me, it gets a little bit harder. Although I have this weird thing. I think, I did I tell you this? So I used to have an all white beard. I think you told me about this. And I don't know if you can see it, but it's starting darker. And that has only changed with the supplements that I'm taking uh, over the course of say a year. Anyway, it's really strange because my hair is starting to come in dark again. That is so Which weird. I, I don't know what that's about, but I yeah. suspect it's it's based on some of the things I'm taking. Okay. But eventually it's going to look like I'm coloring my beard, but <laughs> I'm not. It's just going dark. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't know. That's uh, that's pretty cool, though. But so my beard is getting younger. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Your beard is getting younger. My mind is aging, but my beard yeah, is my Benjamin beard is Button. <laughs> You've got a Benjamin Button beard. Yeah, right. <laughs> 